on, get your dicks hard, because nope. guess what time it is? Oh, it's time for T-A, no N, Magnum T-A. Magnum T-A. Who's that driving the Porsche? It's out of control. Uh-oh, the road is slick. Goodbye, rock and roll, or <laughs> wrestling in this case. Everyone... Who's that in Leather and Levi's when people just weren't on the lookout for things that were very, very obviously <laughs> <laughs> aimed at homosexuals? It's Magnum T.A., baby. Mm. He is an example of a guy who I think is so straight, he just didn't notice <laughs> that he was going to be no. a gay icon in two years. I don't think, but the thing is, is that I don't I didn't mean to open the ex- episode with that, but every time I watch his matches, I get this feeling like, did you ever, did you, and I, this is way far ahead and I apologize. Bring it on. Did you do you remember when Mike Awesome came into WCW? Yes. Do you remember when Here's Micah. the thing no one mentions. Mike Awesome when he first did his, when he did his, that big power bomb of Nash spot, great. Everyone loved it. But then it was kind of like the ECW crowd didn't show up to WCW obviously. No, they why would they? Yeah. So people would just chant mullet during his matches? Yeah, I remember because this. it was the first time like he, and then I guess all of us just realized like, oh, that guy had a crazy goddamn mullet oh the God. whole time. And I think if Magnum TA would have ever like went outside of the Carolinas NWA thing, people would have just been like, looks like Jake the Snake Beefcake's on here, you know? But that's the thing that everyone talks about. Magnum TA uh, is sort of the great... It's Messy May, and we're talking about the greatest never was because he crashed his fucking car into a fucking telephone pole. Part of the reason why he was so injured is no one called 911 for two hours and he just sat there. Have you ever thought about this? Jesus Christ, really? Isn't that fucked? He just tried to but walk part, it off? But part of me does think of like... He was trying to sober up so it no, didn't look like a crime? Or? That's what they don't really know because they don't think it was... They're like, they're like he wasn't speeding and it, like, it might it's have been bizarre. a slick road. They don't know if it was drunk He could have been sleeping. He could have fallen asleep. With the, like No one really knows. The other thing is like... It's like some people are just like... Rick rich man gets what he deserves this is really there's like all these conspiracy theories about that accident when you go down to some you just get into the i went on a little bit of a walk down a, a primrose path oh, of hell known no. as nwa forums like oh, jesus christ <laughs> were they all aol forums oh like boy the late 90s? it's a lot of people that are like this is the reason you got the interconnect internet connection in the shit is this <laughs> like it's the kind of people that you're like you're you're one of the friends of Honey Boo Boo that's mentioned in an episode, is who I'm picturing. <laughs> Let me tell you why that Terry Allen ain't welcome in my house. <laughs> Your mullet's got to be one color. Two-tone mullet. Guess what you are? Queer. <laughs> A poofy one, too. It's so poofy. Um, so Magnum T.A., um, he's the greatest never was. There's so many questions about him. I don't think he would have sailed to the heights that Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes talk about him being like the, one of the keys to the NWA eventually beating Vince because he did not have the body. He was a great in-ring worker. But I We disagree about this, but, but I think Magnum TA had a nice body. But you, let's talk about you, Magnum TA versus Hulk Hogan. You can't be like, in the same way that the Ric Flair, reason why everyone would go Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan is because Ric Flair was the yin to Hogan's yang. Yes. And that like Hogan is literally talking about having a glass of milk and puttering off to bed, and Ric Flair is yelling kamikaze while hair- holding a training bra. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky Martin, you fuck kids. I'm about them double D's, brother. It's the so weirdest. Good. When you just think about that promo, just sidetrack of all sidetracks, Ricky Morton and uh, Ric Flair entered into a program for the Great American Bash Tour, 
And one of the big sort of points of the feud was uh, Ricky fucked young girls and Rick fucked actual ladies. Well, it makes sense. It makes sense to it. Make it kind of makes sense in. I mean, we will get back to Magnum TA in two seconds, but it makes sense that like Ric Flair, obviously threatened by Ricky Morton being a ladies' man, has to he has to come up with something. And the thing he came up with was, uh, frankly, very disturbing. And you know what? That was the other thing about Magnum PI I really like is he's very much a straight ahead. He's like kind of like a straight ahead badass character. Uh, we will talk about like the influences of his character that like I kind of didn't really didn't really sink like didn't really like and uh, honestly as by the way uh, we always say this but uh contact us at wrestler review on twitter uh wrestler review at gmail.com because i did this is my first time really watching a bunch of magnum ta i am very much a 30 year old man and not a child who grew up with this so i don't have like the rose colored glasses i'm also viewing this in the eyes of a guy who watches like you know kevin owens and goddamn Callisto every week so you know, things have changed in 30 years, guys. Absolutely. Um, I'm just saying that he... It's the babyface v. babyface. You just don't think he's viable against Hogan. I think he is because he's way more... He's he's the quintessential NWA Southern wrestler. He comes in cowboy boots. He's a good guy because he rides into town alone on his goddamn motorcycle. And they brought him up really, really well. Where the horsemen form, basically... And then the Road Warriors want the tag titles, so the Road Warriors go after the Andersons. Um, Dusty wants that world title, so he's Flair. And then Magnum wants Tully, so he fights Tully. So it's like that four-man, the four-man, four-man thing, the Survivor Series match they kind of toured around with for a bit is perfect because he's now next to the two most over baby faces in the company the two i should two baby face groups where it's like the road warriors and and dusty and he doesn't really have to be like i'm a team with dusty Rhodes. he like we have common interests that's why we're a team like he could have used a bit of the more loner we talked about him last week the loner jake the snake character where it's like he comes he's the you know he's the cowboy who comes in alone and leaves alone type thing i completely agree i think another advantage to him is also how they protected him as a babyface. the nwa because it was booked as a heel organization so the heels were always going over the heels always controlled the belts as opposed to the wwf where it was always a hero had the belts for the most part intercontinental title you can make an argument but for the most part it was always babyface champion repelling a collection of heels traditionally yeah. NWA is the reverse. You put the belt on the bad guy because the bad guy will always be having to sneak away to move on to the next territory. And this really excelled in building Magnum TA because he was constantly chasing Tully Blanchard. Tully Blanchard, they would do things like Magnum TA would have his mom at the contract signing to show that he's a good Southern boy. Magnum TA and Tully Blanchard would get into it. Tully Blanchard would like call his mom a whore. (laughs) Magnum TA would react like overzealously. And then the NWA was like, he's suspended for six weeks because of unsportsmanlike behavior. And then you have that classic moment that makes a baby face so white hot is they go from like, we like this guy to like, what do you mean we can't see our guy? Show yeah. us our guy. And then he can be That's the a really good point, everyone. yeah. And that was the amazing thing about Magnum TAs. He was, he was very much that loner guy and positioned perfectly being around Dusty Rhodes and the Road Warriors also... They were able to pivot to him perfectly then going after the Koloffs, 
which is these two mu- this muscle-bound guy named Nikita Kolov, who was a guy from Minnesota who pretended to be Russian so much that he actually just didn't speak English or cash his checks because he didn't know how to say, can I cash this check in Russian? You'd think you'd learn that. Where, where are you going to learn to speak Russian during the Cold War in the Carolinas? <laughs> I don't know. Buy some books. Again. Okay, let's not get the South is dumb here. It's not the South is dumb. I'm literally just saying that traditionally America is going to be like, why are you buying a book to learn how to speak Russian, man who's supposed to be Russian? Because I want to get in their heads. Because I want to know. But you know what I'm saying. I want to know. And no one, that's great, in a whole... In a whole area where they have nothing but Russian characters, they have not one guy who, well, I don't know how to say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just never learned it. Um, yeah, what are you going to do? Are you going to ask the French guy who's pretending to be Russian or the Mexican guy? <laughs> or the Italian guy who switches his ethnicity every week? Yeah. yeah. But the Hawaiian guy who's for sure pretending to speak Japanese. <laughs> um, but that's, yeah, Magnum TA, great. Uh, well, let's walk through his career a bit more. Um, Let's walk through their career. That's the new jingle for that segment. Do you know anything about who he trained with under? Was it your mom? Yeah, man. <laughs> Fuck you, man. Magnum DG. Magnum Dylan Gott. Mm-hmm. Because he, he really was, did. I knew he came out of championship wrestling in Florida because he's one of those, the thousand amazing parts of the NWA that all were basically schooled under Mike or Eddie Graham. Eddie Graham or Eddie Gilbert? I always fuck this up. No, it would have been Eddie Graham. Eddie Gilbert Ed, would have been in Eddie the Gilbert early 90s. Eddie Gilbert was hotshot and was the drunk guy from TNA. Eddie Graham was the guy who divorced his no, wife. No, Eddie Gilbert was not in TNA. Eddie Gilbert died like Eddie, Yeah, no, he was the drunk guy who, uh, ECW. He was the first booker of yeah, ECW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eddie Graham, booker from Florida, um, had divorced his wife but pretended to be married to her so that they could still have a family business. Weird. Isn't that fucked up? Oh, well, I guess it's just... <laughs> it was just part for the course back then. You do not get divorced. What the I'm wrestling? A, the more you, I am a Christian man. Well, it's just carnies pretending to be real people. I know it's so fucked up. Dusty Rhodes has basically been pushing him from the beginning because of all of that. Um, I don't know who actually trained him though. Who actually trained him? I don't know. I was asking you. Oh, I thought you actually were segueing that up to uh, tell me who. Actually I could just him. make it up. I want you to. Mike Graham. It wasn't Mike Graham. Mike Graham was apparently a genius. No, Mike Graham, no. Fuck. Listen, we're talking about the American Heartthrob, which I just learned was his original nickname. That's what I'm saying. Holy fuck, did they make this guy. This guy is a child's drawing of a gay man in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> the American Heartthrob, he's wearing a bandana around his neck, and he's got a Tom Selec mustache. Well, that's the, that's the nickname Magnum TA. That is the funny thing about his matches. It's like you're trying to make this loner badass guy, but they'll always be like, Gord- especially Gordon Soley saying it, but like, well, they're... Fair women in the audience sure do want to suck off Magnum TA. <laughs> Although this I believe is... that was a savat kick, and uh, <laughs> let me tell you, the women are hoping that his penis slides out of his pants so they can jump on it like it's a landmine, and they're trying to protect their friends. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Orlando. We are at the Orlando Dome. In the ring right now is the American heartthrob, Mr. Magnum Terry Allen. I'm Gordon Soley. Now, I am not a homosexual because that goes against my religion, but I'm not going to lie to you. The lo- one look at this man's physique, and I have a tent in my trousers as well. <laughs> I'm rethinking my marital vows. <laughs> yeah. Just looking at this, I'm going to say it, delicious specimen. Yeah. Everyone knows two things about old Gordon Soley. One, vodka's what's for dinner. Two, <laughs> gay. Well, that's the thing. That, that was the other, what they... Kind of like a unseen thing that they would not push 
in uh, NWA, but definitely mentioned was that like for all the baby faces, like women want to have sex with these guys because there was a lot of there was a thing that just doesn't uh, doesn't really. They don't do that anymore. They're not like, well, Roman Reigns is over because a lot of girls want to nosh on his bulletproof wearing dick. Magnum TA was trained by Pete Robertson. Pete Robertson. Pete Andre Robinson. G- Pete Robinson. I hope did I Giant misread was, that name. Uh, Andre the Giant was the guy who gave him the Magnum TA name, though, which I thought was fascinating. Why? Because he was the guy who was like, you look like Tom Selleck. Let's put Magnum and then just say TA for Terry Allen. When Adams. would they have crossed paths? Oh, 1980, yeah. Yeah, Honor the Giant was a fucking... He was the fucking main attraction of everywhere. Yeah. it was the, That was why Vince McMahon Sr. had such power as he... Andre was loyal to him because he paid him the most and he liked going to New York. So uh, Vince Sr. basically used him like a fucking giant bargaining chip, which is like, you're going to give me your top heel or you're going to give me the top baby face and if you do, I'll give you 10 days... 10 dates with Andre this year as opposed to five, which everyone else gets. And they're like, great. And that's why you have like weird moments where like Bill Watts will go for a little bit or like Stan Hansen going originally, all that sort of stuff was all then Mm -hmm. like smoothed over via Andre. They all, all of the territories had their guy. Ernie the Cat Lad was Bill Watts' big attraction. Ernie the Cat Lad was also the first guy to really put Terry Allen over. It's very interesting looking at this guy because he was very much a quote-unquote office favorite oh can you hear that smarks are getting booners <laughs> um, because he's being pushed by all these guys under the gym. but who else like here's the thing who else you fucking like look at that roster then oh, I, I completely who agree. else do you have the you wwf have has taken absolutely everybody who looks semi-intimidating like you have like 83 starcade where it looks like oh my god look at this fucking roster this is insane this is an all-star this is an all-star game. This is the culmination of every territory's fucking great matches. And then WrestleMania comes in. Vince McMahon just throws money money at everybody. Yeah. And then you got Magnum TA who, honestly, I don't know how he slipped through the cracks, even though I will say this, since there was a, like not a lack of television, but television was just done in a different way, mm. he didn't need to be as good a promo. like Because no. now we think about promos, and promos are essentially half of being a fucking wrestler. Right? More than half. Yeah, exactly. The promos between all the... If you're going to be the guy in WWF, then you're going to get late night t- show spots, you, late night talk show spots. You're going to get all these like... You're going to get like Good Morning America. They're going to push you for that. You'll even appear now on ESPN. And back then, that just wasn't a thing. So Magnum TA could just come up. And I, the thing I really liked about Magnum TA... Um, was his kissable mustache. I mean, what? His mustache? His body. Um, <laughs> I do think he was intimidating, just in a different way. I See, that's where I disagree. Is I think that he's... What's interesting is I think that... you don't need to have the fucking ripped... No, you like, don't. But again, I'm just saying in a comparison of... If you you're yelling Hulk, for no reason. <laughs> we need to fucking get to the bottom of this. If you have Hulk Hogan at the top of your card, and on yeah. the flip side, the top of your card is also a baby face, and it's fucking Terry Allen, you're going to go, well, obviously Vince's product is better, because I don't got this fucking NASCAR pit crew member as my world champion. But that's also, it's comparing two different organizations and two different structures. I think if he hadn't had that car accident, I think it would have helped the NWA in some ways. I think that he had some decisive advantages in the fact that Dusty Rhodes was his number one fucking fan. And the fact that he got injured so Ric Flair never had an opportunity to be like, I don't like this guy because he's affecting my spot. Which is basically what Ric Flair does. Anyone that was remotely close to fucking with how far up the chain Ric Flair went immediately is a bag of shit. Yeah. I uh, I mean, and that's his, that's his big advantage. I think that a lot of things, 
about this guy really, really sad, particularly this car accident. I think that it also looks at what do you do when there's a snap problem and how do you make that negative into a positive? And they did some amazing stuff by they switched Nikita Koloff to face and he basically runs with the program they were giving Magnum TA to take a run at Flair, except Flair didn't lose, he won. And that's a really cool way of being like, this ultimate bad guy was like, his heart was warmed by this guy, this, like the sacrifice that has happened between Magnum TA and he's like, he had ultimate respect for him and like adapted a bunch of his moves, but did it in a very like non-saccharine way. They never had Ric Flair coming out and being like, oh, Magnum TA is watching you from hell, all that shit that they do in the Fed. And I think that that's, I think that's something that can also be learned from Magnum TA is how do you do uh, he's now retired angle and turn that really sad moment or poignant moment into interesting storytelling that can continue for a year, which is something that they never know how to do in the modern WWE because they always are just like, oh, well, Eddie Guerrero is dead and you're gay now, Rick. Or, <laughs> or Ray. <laughs> like, what? Am I gay? And he's like, yeah, because he's in hell, so you have to... They're like, this doesn't make any sense. He's like, yeah, shut up. I would love to uh, review... You'll do this, but Eddie Guerrero, and then do like... A, I'd, do a, I'd do a whole hour on Vicky, and just how like undercover Vicky Guerrero might have been one of the most natural wrestlers of all time. Like wrestling personalities of all time. Because yeah. you think about it, it's like, hey, we're giving your widow a job. She's on TV now. And then people, and then all of a sudden she, like, I don't know if it was her or the office were just like, you're actually like, <laughs> you're not good at this, so people are, are booing you now, and then she's just like, fuck it, and then becomes like, the best, like, true heel of that era. Oh my god. Where they attach edge to her because, like, we want, like, we need, you can't wrestle, so we have to, like, attach a heel to you. Oh, it was amazing. It was. Well, as as I know we're getting like uh, we sidetracked. We are getting sidetracked, but it's also one of those things of using the momentum of what happened to him, and they used it to turn Nikita Koloff. Uh, fucking Dusty Rhodes talks about it at nauseum when it happened in his various programs with Ric Flair. Because, especially when you research this episode, there's a lot of reasons why the NWA went down. One of them was is they had such a shallow roster. Because the problem with all those tag teams, they hated to break up a tag. They never broke up tag teams to give one of those guys a shot at the title. They just have them not be in the tag team for a bit. Yeah. And, like, you can just, like, Flair was protected so crazy well. Like, it's fucking ridiculous. But, like I say, when one of the things actually killed the NWA that, uh, the Crockett, I should say. Yeah. The one thing that killed Crockett that was one of the better things when they became WCW was the UWF buying because you get Sting, you get Luger. Yeah. Right? And those are, that's the influx of baby faces you need because the other thing about the Horsemen is the Horsemen's an amazing group, blah, 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 but you now have three of your top performers, four in some cases, tied up being Horsemen. You have Wyndham, Wyndham, Arn, Tully. Roma. Paul O. Roma. You have the glory from power and glory, Paul Roma tied up. What a gorgeous, gorgeous piece of meat. Right. Um, Dylan and I are going to take a quick break and uh, Google, think about Paul Roma. Google image, some images of Paul Roma. And while we do that, listen to this. Hello, this is Dylan God and John Hastings. And sorry to interrupt Dylan God and John Hastings from talking about wrestling. But right now, we need to ask you to rate, subscribe, and review. The Wrestler Review. On iTunes. It really helps us out. We do this podcast for free. We have, we've been so lazy we haven't even set up one of those PayPal things. 
Not only that, we won't set up PayPal things because wrestling fans have integrity. And no money. And no money. No fucking mm-hmm. money. But what we do have is uh, existence on this plane. So please let us know that you're out there. Email us at wrestlerreview at gmail.com. Like us on Twitter, The Wrestler Review. Follow us on Instagram. At Wrestler Review on Twitter and Instagram. And um, now back to an episode that's going incredibly well. We're back. What a great message. Oh, so good. Rate, subscribe. So we spoke in general about Magnum TA and his, um, and like the fallout of his being injured. Et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera, et cetera. Do we want to, now let you want to talk about. Can we talk about the Tully feud? I think it's very, very interesting. The Tully feud is really his call. Like it's his calling card. Like in a guy who only works six years. Think about how accomplished the man is for six years, first of all. And the, the Tully feud really is his his uh, best work. Like it's his, unfortunately, it is his, I think his, him and Flair would have been amazing. Um, I agree. I he would have been walked around, like you've said this before, but. Flair was too charismatic and too good on the mic for Magnum to really hold. Like Dusty, so. there were three. I think Meltzer said this. There's three top talkers in the industry: Dusty, Flair, and Hogan. Yeah, and and like Flair and Dusty can go back and forth. So even Flair will get fans because he's just so fucking good. Yeah, he's just that, so fucking good. And that's the thing that also people you need to realize up until about Starcade '85, which is when. T uh, Magnum T yeah. was rising. Flair was a tweener essentially. Yeah, he was just he was just everyone. Fu- if you were a big wrestling fan, you fucking loved him, especially in the Carolinas. He was a hometown kid, and they to do that they had to bring Dusty in, build Dusty up. Dusty had to talk the shit out of being a working class man, and then they had to break his fucking leg. Yeah, they did really everything, but. And they did the thing is they did the break leg thing in Florida where it's very much like a regional because ECW did this very well and the NWA could have done it much better because they had better talent but ECW did this like regional feud stuff yeah if you ever see like Bam Bam Bigelow versus Taz the entire feud is basically Bam Bam or Taz being like this is Brooklyn versus Pittsburgh. Yeah, that was. The, and the thing is, they the just never. They went to Pittsburgh feud. sometimes. No, sorry, Bam Bam versus Brooklyn versus Jersey, yeah. and then Douglas was Brooklyn versus Pittsburgh. Like he was very much like they build it up regionally, which obviously in the states is like it's a it's the United States. Like it's yeah, as much as you have that individual like where you the U.S. Image. There's also like college football is huge there because it's state by state. Like you know the the state. And even we're in the UK, and the UK loves a city by city, city by city or north south, like north south. But yeah. that's everywhere. Everywhere is like Calgary hates Edmonton, but then you're in Toronto, and all of a sudden Alberta is better than Ontario. Like it's the same thing, fucking everywhere. It's a good block. Like totally. the, the reason why the NWA did it in a much more interesting way, which is they would do it. But the thing was, they never told you. They never like. They never really specified it was regional. They would almost do it via class. Yeah. While Ric Flair was painted to be rich boy, rich man, amazing athlete, but like this weird sort of like I'm I'm creme de la creme elite. None of you are as good as me. Dusty was always painted. You can be like me one day. Magnum TA, as they aligned him, was he was the guy on the way up, and that's what's very interesting about him. And you can paint a lot of similarities of how well Magnum TA was built up, especially using the Tully feud in a way of how to position someone in the way that Roman Reigns is now. And Roman Reigns and and Magnum TA very similar. 
Great look. Pretty uh, better in the ring. Both not good promos. It's different bu- businesses, but also Roman Reigns wasn't put in a feud with someone who can just bounce around the ring, showcase, look like he's getting an advantage, but then you, the babyface, ultimately triumph, which is what they did with Tully Blanchard. Hang on, I'm getting to this point. In a, going back to the point in a second. So the Dusty, <laughs> hang on, uh, it's it's coming. Basically, what it is is Dusty and Rick uh, Rick Flair always were going to be on the top on the top marquee feud. But Ric Flair versus Magnum TA, I think they could have gotten Magnum to the point where he would be, the talking wouldn't matter. He would just beat the shit out of Ric Flair and it would have been amazing. Yeah, exactly. And the thing, the, the very important thing about Tully. I like, by the way, that the, your eyes are like, you are not going to be able to find a point in exactly what you just said. And I did. Or you already made this point and I just made it again. <laughs> no, no. I'm saying Tully. Tully is very much like Ric Flair, but not cool. Like, he's the shitty, so it's very important to have Magnum TA in there against Tully, because Tully... Can we just talk quickly about Tully Blanchard's name? Yeah, because I've said Tully a thousand times. (laughs) It's a stupid name, but that's the thing. Like, you look at Ric Flair, and he's like, I'm the most handsome man in the goddamn world. Um, And I'm surrounded by these three men who look like thumbs. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I'm the most handsome man in the world. I got women from blah, 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 blah. Like, And then you'd see the women. You would see the Learjets. But Tully Blanchard's just this short dude who's like, hey, I fuck a lot, too. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, I don't think you do, dude. You have three teeth. Like you have three teeth. I've never seen you with a woman, and the that's best I've he, seen you get out of a cab several doll. times. He was always with baby. Oh, that's doll. true. He's all because baby doll was the big thing. Is and the reason oh. this is also where you get really southern wrestling. Baby doll's the, the perfect ten, which is we brought in a lot of. Uh, uh, I mentioned it before, but they brought in Magnum Ta's mom to be the counterbalance yeah. to baby doll, which. Nowadays, look no further than Shelton Benjamin. That Jesus is a quick Christ. way to end someone's career. But no, but Shelton Benjamin's problem was that basically they, they like, brought in. Hey, we brought in the movie The Clumps <laughs> to be your fucking manager. Hey, wait, hey, um, your mom. What's her character? I don't know. She eats a lot of watermelon. She's lazy. How about that? Yeah, it's 2006. Let's get some 1920s black stereotypes on some television. Hello, is this highly decorated collegiate athlete Shelton Benjamin? <laughs> uh, yeah. Hi. Oh, yeah. Hi. This is literally an Uncle Tom. I'll be escorting you to the ring, and we'll be singing Mammy together. Oh, fucking oh, awful. No. We need to give you some personality. We've decided that personality <laughs> is stupid. <laughs> too racist. Too racist. But that's... So Tully's great because he's the... Ul- he's like a fucking... I know I, this is an awful comparison, I suppose, but Go he's ahead. like a piper heel. No one no one thinks Tully Blanchard's cool. So you get Magnum, who's like what do you think he's, super... What do you, explain that. What do you mean he's a piper heel? I just mean he's one of those heels who no one likes. He's like piper. He's like edge. Like... Oh, I... I, like, I don't mean character-wise, I mean, like, reaction-wise, where it's like, oh, Ric Flair, you're like, I mean, I don't like the guy, but that's it's fucking hilarious. Like, sometimes he's pretty funny. Whereas Tully Blanchard is like, fuck, fuck this guy. Fuck this guy. And it's proper, like, good heat. And that's really important when you're building up a Magnum TA. It was very important when you built up John Cena and you had him against Edge because people would boo Cena unless he was against Edge. Well, it's led to the, the, the Edge promo a thousand times. The worry, the thing is, you're talking about a what-if, and the the thing is, everyone thinks what ifs are very much positive. Who can't see Dylan? He just made the W signs with his hands. <laughs> oh no, I was doing like a goalpost thing to think. Um, it's it's very much a what if in that like you obviously imagine what ifs to be like what. I mean, he could have been the greatest wrestler of all time, right? But he also yeah. could have just been completely outshone, and they could have gone back to Dusty in six months. 
That's possible. I think that it goes. And I, I, I keep going back to this because I went into the research we did for this episode. But also hang on, the hang on about sorry, completely thinking that the idea that Magnum TA could be at the top of the NWA was bullshit. I still stand by that the NWA would not have lasted uh, longer or any of that and been able to beat Vince with Magnum on top. No, but I think it would have been much better programming, and they wouldn't have had the main problem they ran into going into 86, 87, 88, 89, which is they only can do Dusty and Rick because no one can fucking touch Flair in terms of response, and then they have to they bring in Sting, Sting all those guys to try and refresh. Magnum TA being in there would have. There would have been more butts in the seats. There wouldn't have been this negativity around it because you wouldn't have had to do an angle about a fucking guy being hurt. And I think you would have improved. And you need to look no further than the Starcade 85 match where it's an I quit match in a steel cage. Yeah, uh, Tully. Tully and Magnum. And Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, watching this, if you've never seen this match, my, me watching it with, I've only watched WWF from the 80s, you think like Magnum's this baby face, so it's like, okay, Tully... <laughs> goes to stab him in the eyes with a spike oh. and Magnum overpowers him and now if you've never seen this match I mean you probably know what happens just because of the poorly way I'm building it up but it's oh Magnum will overpower him and be like I don't need this spike I'll make him quit with my dogs <laughs> left dog right dog nope <laughs> he just <laughs> fucking stabbed that him with the goddamn <laughs> spike I love it and that was the match that like got him over the most because it was such an emotional match. Well, it's because also how they built it was they brought in Tully or um, Magnum TA's mom. Yeah. Tully insulted him. Magnum was suspended for six weeks and did that thing. The best way to build a fucking face is you organically isolate him from the fans and you make the fans go, this is who we paid to see. Yeah. We don't get to see him. Fuck you. And so they built up to a sense of longing. Yeah. It's like wait until the fourth date. You know, and then you fuck. <laughs> and that's what I meant. But yeah. then you said the whole thing. Yeah, you want to finish in her mouth? Oh no! Why, John? <laughs> Why? I've never been more happy in my life. <laughs> you want to finish in her mouth? It was like an ECW promo. St- <laughs> start off about wrestling. I mean, that was a pretty good promo, Rhino, but the, most of it was about anal sex and not consensual. So how TV, does that relate to I'm the Sandman? I'm the TV champion and I'm finishing girls' mouths. I'm the TV champ! Sandman! I'm in a nut everywhere! I'm going to paint your walls white! This is about wrestling still somehow! Greatest. Just remember, never forget. I'm going to kick your... My favorite my favorite Mike Austin promo. I'm going to kick your fucking ass, Spike. And after that, I'm going to kick the shit out of a woman. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Tell carnies to be... You can swear now. See, my, mind. <laughs> my mind! Speaking of talkers, how far the res- wrestling goes from, like, Dusty Rhodes talking about hard times, Magnum TA's emotional retirement speech... And then just fucking, you get to ECW, and it's Tommy Dreamer blowing out candles, and Sandman <laughs> just being, just like being a drunk. I'll get you. <laughs> so good. Um, but yeah, the I, uh, what what was your point before? What were you saying? I my point was is that I think that um, that's how Magnum TA is up until his car accident, which is something you can't control. And what makes the car accident so much sadder is it's. An amazing build for someone that traditionally wouldn't really be getting over and has a lot of disadvantages. And to get to look, Roman Reigns. I think he would have got over. I think he would have gotten over too. He's like, you look at that dude's body. 
I'm just saying you because a lot of it seems to be cosmetic that you're kind of harping no, on. No, I'm harping I'm harping on on um, promos and co- cosmetic versus Hogan, not cosmetic in the NWA. All right, you look at all right, look at Magnum TA and look at Hulk Hogan. Both those guys walk into a bar. Who's gonna win? The dude Hogan. It's gonna be fucking no. Hogan. Yes. The dude the dude wearing the fucking colorful weird shit or the dude in cowboy boots. Alright, are we going based on are they walking in in their wrestling gear or in their interview gear? Because if I'm in a bar and a man in a full yellow spandex jumpsuit <laughs> and, <laughs> and a do and an America do rag. America do rag Red cowboy boots and a weightlifting belt walks in. That's not Hogan. That's that's nineties Hogan. Hogan. Interv- that is totally Hogan's interview uh, clothes from the from the eighties. Okay, Hogan's interview clothes. Then Hogan's interview clothes from the eighties are like a torn up muscle shirt. Uh, a, a, Again, that I'm st- if that guy walks into a bar and he's in speedos, wrestling boots, and a torn up. Mu- I'm just saying <laughs> they both look intimidating. Magnum looks like the dude. What they're clearly going with for with Magnum. Is they're going for the guy who's sitting by the bar and he's had one too many and he ain't gonna listen to your goddamn talk to your wife like that because that's a woman, goddamn it, and she can't help herself. She's just dumb. Pardon me, sir. I think you'll find that she's not a slit. At worst, she's a bitch. <laughs> belly to belly. <laughs> count, count, bartender. One, two, three. Give me a title. That means his wallet. Bye bye. <laughs> Take his shoes. Man Man doesn't deserve <laughs> shoes when he's treating a woman like that. Get the Miller light on the eyes. Magnum T.A. is coming to And that's the other thing is people will be like, nice. if you get Hulk Hogan, if you get Hulk Hogan oh, talking about like. Women may be disrespectful. I like doing the what if but thing. But you better scold them in private. <laughs> because you, what you had is a lot Magnum of teenagers T.A. watching. He's coming to town. <laughs> he looks like he's got the virus, but he doesn't. That's a stereotype, which he doesn't go in for anymore, even though he's <laughs> no. from. The South. Oh, it's Magnum, Magnum TA. Put that bourbon down before you drive your Porsche. Aww. Oh, no, he didn't, and this song is really sad. And now he's Stardust's God Dad. That's really nice. Thank you. I'm just saying, Magnum TA, in, you look at the kids and a guy, a big muscle guy being like, drink. Drink your milk, say your prayers, eat your vitamins, and then you get Magnum TA, who they would have just been like, sometimes I get drunk and I piss on whatever's around. And then they, <laughs> teenagers would be I like, I like, I don't, I like get drunk, piss on whatever I guy. I don't think they were going to promote Magnum TA like he's Ricky Bobby from Talladega Nights. No, I'm just saying they would have been like, he would have been like, like Ric Flair would have been like, martinis, caviar, and Magnum TA, cold beer and an eight-hour shift. That's yeah. what that's what I like, you know? You. He probably calls him Mr. Flair. Mr. Flair, I understand that you're going to a gymnasium. Do you want to know how I work out my arms? Walk into a bar and I lift a little thing called prejudice. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what the, that was another the when they when when they started to do the Flair Magnum was uh Flair gets him a suit. Flair beats the shit out of him for no reason, gets him a suit, Magnum rips it up. That type of thing. And it's like they both kind of have points too. It's a very well done thing where it's oh, like you I can still it. do, you can still see that. What I was more bringing up more than anything was the WWF should literally look how they built Magnum TA. And when they're trying to force someone down the fans' throats, do it that way. 100%. But you can't, 
Because you want to present Magnum TA as kind of a Roman Reigns. Because if you're looking at him with 2016 eyes, he seems he, like it. He is. He's but he's good in the ring. He's good in the ring like Roman he's Reigns. Impressive. He's terrible at promos like Roman Reigns. I should say he's impressive in the ring. He's very athletic, and I really enjoy the way he amended the '80s style of of power ups where it's like you see Hulk Hogan as the baby face. He seems like, Oh, he gets beaten down. He gets beaten down. And now some superpower is, has overcome him and you can't hurt him anymore. Whereas Magnum TA would hit a move. And then it just seems like that man got fucking pissed <laughs> and then he would boot you the fuck over. Right? Yeah. Cause again, it's also, it's Southern style. So it is a, it's much more realistic than the WWF. It's yeah. much more like this man's like your stepdad. He's cool with everything unless you touch his weed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go touching my weed. That's so funny. <laughs> Don't touch my weed. Um I'm just saying as a as an openly gay man. Um You're not though. I'm I'm deleting that. Uh <laughs> I'm. I'm just saying. Listen, if you still you don't have homophobia in this no, episode, here's, it's going to be me singing that Magnum TA song <laughs> and us just yelling briefly. You don't have the same opportunities to build up a guy like a Roman Reigns if you look at it like they did it with Cena very well. Um, you don't have it like with Bobby Lashley, like guys who are like just heels. Like the the way wrestling is now, where they've broken the fourth wall to a point like. Every fan knows it's a performance. Like even the kids yeah. know it's performance. You don't have Tully Blanchard heels anymore, who are just fucking. I fucking hate that guy. You get heels like Ryback, who people are like, I fucking hate this guy. Like I don't want to watch. You get. I don't want to. You get X Pac heels. You don't get Tully Blanchard heels. Yeah, you get. I you get turn the channel guys. Like the Miz for everything that I think he's great, but he'll still be that reality star promo show guy to. For forever for, to for wrestling fans because yeah, so you need a certain bit of credibility as far as like because that was the great thing about i mean well, fuck i feel like we're doing a tully blanchard episode more no, than a magnum one a but but you can't build him up like that and then and that's why it's almost better for his career like for how he's viewed for magnum ta that he never got to the peak because you're just left with what if all these questions rather than like a like where i think he would have went up went down would have been like a Luger style 1A. You can put the title on him, but only for a bit. If you have a super hot heel, then he gets all this fucking great sympathy because he's, and he's obviously he's different than Luger because Luger's fucking like bodybuilder looks like Hogan, like Adonis style. Whereas Magnum TA is just a big dude. You wouldn't fight in a bar that like has a relatable yet. Like he's a relatable physique. If you're next to a bunch of pro wrestlers, but if you just see him apart from that, he's fucking huge. So I'm just rambling now. Yeah, <laughs> you are. What I'm saying about the, about Magnum TA is this, and the way you built him is, it's, I like it, <laughs> I love it, and we're back. Yep, that's me kissing it. Is this the way they got him to the point? The things you can see is yes, it's a different in terms of how they revealed the business and how they do the heels, but it's not necessarily heels or whatever. It's put on very good matches, and you make you build this guy up as here as here is what he's trying to accomplish. He wants the U.S. title. That means more to him than anything else. So, in the way that they did that with CM Punk, you knew how much CM Punk wanted that championship going into that fucking Money in the Bank where there was the giant explosive pop and all that sort of stuff. Is It legitimized the title because you believed this guy, not the character, wanted that so badly. And that's what really came across in that match with things like he picks up the spike and stabs him. is saying this guy doesn't give a fuck. I, he's doing anything he can to win. That's who this guy is. And that's a memorable, tangible moment where you as a fan can make a decision. And that's how the Fed should be building people up. 
which is make these characters have come to crossroads a lot more um, than they have to, which Magnum T.A. had to in that fucking, uh, the Blanchard feud of, what's he going to do when he insults his mom? He's going to go off and get suspended for six weeks, and that'll be the fans like, so what happened? Oh, he got suspended for six weeks. Because why? This guy insulted his mom. It's weird. His mom was there, but then they're talking about it. You know what I mean? Like that. There's a build yeah, to it. Yeah, they're getting your 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 step by step, putting these things in exactly. place, getting people on his side. So you're not so that like you don't need, you don't need the you don't think about the promos unless he does something super corny. But you don't think about the promos. And by the way, the promos like Ric Flair did his best work. 13, 14 years into his career, there's a great possibility that Magnum TA could have got the world title. People could have been like, he's not drawing that well. And then years later, become an amazing promo. Yeah. And the first, and the interesting about the NWA is because it's not worldwide. Like, you see people in the North and like in Canada and stuff lay eyes on this dude for the first time and he gets a second breath of air Completely. and he you gets another run. Like in Once WCW comes in, what do you do with him? Well, because it's a very... One thing I do want to mention is he's very important in that basically he's the last NWA baby face they have built up yes. in the NWA style as well because the guy that takes the torch as the new next guy is Sting who's very much like an early 90s Everybody's surfing and doing karate. Let's get partying. Yeah, like, what's up, guys? I just came back from uh, my band practice, hence this jacket. All right. Let's <laughs> wow. Like, yep, you. Why do I like wrestling? Because I like having fun. Yeah. Now let's jump around. And if I happen to pin somebody, that's because they're lame. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, whereas Magnum TA is like, you know, uh, is that hair in my beer? It's about to be nuts on your ass. <laughs> couple of questions for you guys here in uh in st louis we're gonna get some chicken wigs who wants to get pinned <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a special on two things tonight ass whooping and wings and frankly i don't i'm gonna kick the shit out of you i'm not good at this i'm not good at talking why are you putting all this pressure on me um let's wrap it up by talking about magnum ta's choice of uh walking to the ring jackets they were stellar Mm-hmm. Let's bring up the fact that after his injury, he lost his hair so quickly. It's astounding. Stressful time. I understand. But I think he looks tougher and more intimidating now. He looks frightening now. Like, of anyone, you, you're just like, good God, do you drink in the morning or what? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, when your fucking entire life plan is like, oh, I'm going to be the world champ and I'm going to make millions of dollars. And then, like, yeah, and then it all gets taken away from you. The adulation. The praise. You know, yeah, but it's a very it's a very sad story. Um, before when we wrap up, let's do this. Uh, best and worst thing about Magnum TA, my friend. I can say best thing about Magnum TA. I would say is his. I think just in the ring, he was a fucking great wrestler, and he was very dynamic to watch. In a similar, he wasn't like Ric Flair, but like Ric Flair, he's enjoyable to watch even when he's doing a rest hold. There's certain little nuances and details he does in his face and his breathing. Yeah, and that's a, that, that's one a, one thing I forgot to mention until now. That's why I think he would he would have totally worked in the '90s and in the WWF style because he has this thing he's clawing. He's always clawing for every opportunity in the match, and that doesn't really come across as well when he's the bigger guy in the match. If you watch like Tully matches, he's always clawing. He's he's like. <laughs> he's he's waiting for his opportunity, almost playing the underdog, but also being bigger than them. So I think if you get a, him against a guy like uh, you get him like like Rick Rude, like someone like this, who's 
bigger than him, I think that would come across a lot better. That's a great point. Like, so he would have been over, and he was he's from a and he and I, that's why I think the best thing is his in ring, and furthermore, the way he brought people in, and I think that's a thing that wrestlers are somehow missing. Kevin Owens is very good at it. It's whatever way you want to do it, but bringing someone in and make like. And this is a term from like basically performing. Me and John are both comedians, but like, there's there's certain acts you see who they have really good jokes, and they're like, it's funny because the jokes are funny. But then there's some people who like their material might not be as strong, but they're just really good performers. And I think that Magnum TA was like that. Like he could really get a crowd on his side. Yeah, people you just through little subtleties like you were talking about. He extremely watchable. That's a very good. That's a very good way to put it. Yeah. And what was the worst thing about Magnum TA? I say his promos. He's fucking. He was cornball. Oh, boy. Let me tell you. You come at me, I'm going to come on you. We're going to come together. We will be starting a new tradition where we play a Magnum TA promo. All right. What's his best? At the end. Yeah, we're going to only play Magnum TA promos? Okay. So I I already said the best thing was uh, his watchability. Which is I know bizarre, but yeah, you like and uh, the bet. I'd say the worst thing about Magnum TA is uh, his driving. Dylan very insensitive. Oh no, Chavo! (laughs) Bam, bam, bam. Um, it's just what if. (laughs) The worst thing is that he's not around. That's an interesting. That he's not around. He wasn't around for another ten, fifteen years. Because with the way he worked. His work would have fallen off probably. I mean, it's so bad to try and be this realistic about it. Probably around ninety-two, he would have been like, it would have like I kind of envision like an Eddie Guerrero type thing where it's like the personality clicks, but by that time the body's failing him. Oh, that's oh. That's and how would he be reacted to different cultures, uh, um, like about steroids and a super depressing thing. That I think that might merit uh, being said is I've never seen. Did being paralyzed save his life? Would Magnum TA living the wrestler lifestyle have just been Cokey McSteroids who died in 1998? Probably. Isn't that fucked up? Here's the other thing: is he as like you think about Rick Rude? We got a lot of Rick Rude. His kids don't get a lot of Rick Rude. No, I'll tell you that. This has been the Sadler review. <laughs> Let me Sad. say this quickly about Magnum TA. He also, if any wrestler, would not have survived the NWO. The minute the NWO arrives in WCW, Magnum TA is on WCW Saturday night fighting Barry Darso every week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 180%. Um, are we, next week, we conclude Messy May. With the messiest boy, New Jack. Oh, <laughs> natural born killers. That's who we are. Natural born killer. Itchy, itchy, yeah, yeah. I'll I, stab your kid. I'm Six s- million ways to murder. Your dad's crying. Stabbed the I gold. So stabby, stabby, stab, stab. I love New Jack so much. Like a fat li- kid loves cake. That's uh, 50 cent lyric. I got 21. <laughs> and they're all about Magnum TA. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Are you going to insert the Magnum TA promo right now? Tully Blanchard, all the people of Philadelphia know all the things you've done to myself, all the things you've done to the American Dream Dusty Rhodes. But it's time for some dues to be paid, some real heavy dues. You've done some things to me that you're going to have to answer for, and Philadelphia's the place you're going to answer for. You know, the U.S. title is very prestigious, and you and I have gone round and round over it. And when we come to Philadelphia this time, there's going to be no mistaking what's going to happen. I'm going to come on you like nobody's ever come on you before. I'm coming there to take you out in no uncertain terms. No baby doll at your side. Nobody to run distractions for you. Just 
you and I in the middle of that square circle, nose to nose, eye to eyeball, getting it on like two men should do. This is professional wrestling. This isn't some game. This is where men are men, and the boys stay on the side and watch what's going on until they Blanchard. You can't run and hide from me anymore. You're going to have to deal with Magnum TA. All the stuff, all the things you've done are going to come to a head. Philadelphia is going to be the play. What the... Ooh. Ooh.